Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week, Mark Korowski and Katie Midwinter, as we look ahead to the first two days at Glorious Goodwood. Before we get into the racing, let's see how everyone is. Mark, you're joining us from the airport, but you've taken a little bit of time out to uh, hopefully find some winners. Yeah, hopefully my winners are better than last time I was on. But yeah, looking forward to it. Obviously, some good action, a good way to look about it. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can uh, point uh, the listeners in the direction of a couple of winners. And uh, Katie, how are things with you? You had a couple of winners from uh, your last appearance on the podcast. Yeah, I got a couple of winners on Saturday. Hopefully we can find a few more. I'm really looking forward to the action from Goodwood. Okay, so the first race we are going to look at at day one on Glorious Goodwood is the 225. It's the Japan Racing Association Vintage Stakes. It's a Group 2 contest for the two-year-old Colts. And Holloway Boy, who won on his debut at Royal Ascot, is currently your 7-4 favourite. We've then got Mysterious Knight at 4s. Dear my friends, uh, 11 to 2, Dornock Castle 13 to 2, and bigger are the rest. Um, Mark, I'll come to you here first. Uh, Holloway Boy, an interesting winner of the Chesham, uh, won on his uh, race course debut at uh, 40 to 1. I think a few shrewd people knew. Do we think he's going to be able to continue his progression here, or are we keen on something else? You know, when I look back on the race, I think things just sort of fell right for the horse on the day. And we all know that yard. The word gets out very quickly when the money's down. I, genuinely, I think the, the race just fell apart. Picked up the pieces. The one, maybe it might have been a little bit of money for it, but um, we're not win off that price if it was genuinely off. I think the form is quite questionable. Um, so if, I like um, Dark Ferty, um, Richard Hannon, Ryan Moore. I think it ran well on the spirit of stakes last time out at Newmarket. Uh, I think the winner, Isaac Shelby, looks smart. I know this is one that we've backed a few times, Chris. That's a good time we backed on debut. Um it was behind Carl Burke's Holloway Bay at Ascot, but I mean, I think the race was run to suit for that one. The pace collapsed. I think he, I think this one will get found out. Um, I mean, if there was a match bet with Dart 30, I'd be all over that all day with uh, the favourite. Okay, so Mark is quite keen on the chances of Dark 30, where Ryan Moore is riding for Richard Hannon at 10 to 1. So a good price there for Mark's selection. How about you, Katie? Uh, are we uh, taking the favourite on here? I'm going to stick with the favourite, actually, Holloway Boy. Um, I thought he was very impressive in the fashion, and although, as Matt said, that race did fall apart a bit, I think the way he dealt with the preliminaries on such a big occasion, his first um, race for us to start, you know, having not experienced such an event before, I think it was a huge positive, um, and he showed plenty of maturity in that race. I don't think he was fancy very much, um, because, you know, he wasn't really expected to run there, and it was his first start, so I think... If he's able to replicate any of that he showed in that race, I think they took a good chance and I'd really like to see him back up that win with another success here. Okay, so just to recap then, it's Holloway Boy for Katie and Mark likes Dark 30. We then move on to the next race we're going to look at is the 3 o'clock at Goodwood, the Whirlpool Lennox Stakes, Group 2, and Sacred is all the rage here at 7-4. We then got Lucelle at 4s, Pogo at 5s, Kim Ross at 11-2, Lancash at 17-2, and Bigger are the rest. Um, come to you here first, Casey. Sacred obviously ran quite well, I thought, in, in the Platinum Jubilee, but do we think she's maybe a tad short here? I think Sacred is a bit short for me here, so I'm going to go for Lancash and hope there'll be a bit more improvement to come from him. He's pretty close to Pogo and Kin Ross on form from early in the season at Haydock. Um, and although Sacred is a solid favourite, I think she'll take all the beating. But Lana Cash only has about a length to find if taking last year's Hungerford stakes race uh, into account. So I think it'll be difficult for him to reverse that form. But from an each-way perspective, um, I'm hoping that he can yeah, do a bit better and maybe make the frame. 
yeah, that Chester form is definitely working out. The second Mr. Gray went on to win at Pontefract on a scooter as well, ran a cracker at Ascot uh, last weekend uh, to finish second. So, yeah, lots of uh, good form there. And, yeah, he's a good each-way price, and there could be some extra places on the day. So, yeah, Lancashire is for Katie. How about you, Mark? Uh, Sacred, uh, are we uh, back in or are we laying her? I think it's quite difficult to take her on. I know it's not like me to be in this camp, but uh, I think it was a good run last time out. I think this is a much weaker race as well. I mean, I think this is a lot weaker. I think it was a good reappearance run as well. I think she's going to be quite difficult to beat. Um, yeah, I'd be with the favourite here. I wouldn't be diving into the lair. I think there's a few in here. I think they're not exposed, but there's, they're not. I don't think they've got a, a lot left to tank. There's a bit of a step up for a lot as well. It's got our old friend John Butler's got one in here, but Mr. Dancelot's getting on a bit, a bit to find as well. Sacred, I think Sacred's the right favourite. Yeah, I think she, I think she's uh, the most likely winner of the race. I think personally myself, she should be around about the nine to four, five to two kind of mark. I just thought seven four was a little bit short. Um, I actually like Sir Dancelot here. Uh, from oh, she does. It's not like you to like a, a John Butler horse, is it? No, exactly. Well, from an each-way perspective, um, I think he's a bit of value at 33. I think 40's out there as well. Massive, some, massive, some fans. Yeah. You get him four places as well. And he's won this race twice in his career, 2018, 2019. Hasn't really been seen so much in the last couple of years, but he did make a really eye-catching return, I thought, um, carrying a big weight in a handicap at Pontefract, doing all his best work later on. That was over six. Probably found it on the sharp side. He's going to have a good tone to this race as well. He likes a strong pace. Pogo installed ball, loose sail. They'll probably go forward. So uh, Paul Morenon should get a nice uh, sit into the race. And if he can we'll get the We'll taking the sixth place market here with Denise Colts. So we're thinking here. So Dancela, sixth place. He's yes. If we can get on maybe about 16 to one for the six places, I think that's a good bet. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think Paul Moran is a good jockey booking as well. He's a really good judge of pace. Yeah, exactly. So I think Sir Dancelot could outrun his odds, and uh, yeah, he he would be my outsider for the race. But uh, it's one vote for Sacred from Mark. Katie likes Lancash, and I'll give a positive mention to Sir Dancelot. We then move on to the feature race on day one. It is the three thirty-five Alsha Kebab. Goodwood Cup Stakes, Group 1 Contest, and Kiprios is your favourite. The Ascot Gold Cup winner at 7-4. to four. Trushan apparently could be running here, uh, according to latest quotes from Alan King, posted this afternoon. He's 2-1. to one. Stradivarius is on the drift at 3s. Coltrane, the progressive horse at 9s. Princess Zoe at 20s. And bigger are the rest. Mark, I'll come to you here first. Uh, I think between the big three, it's a little bit tricky to work out who's going to come out on top here. But uh, who are you going to side with? Quite like Kiprios. I think that was a good run last time out. I know there's a lot of excuses for Stradivarius, but I think Kiprios will improve again. And this is the one to be on. I think there'll be too much pressure on Azini as well with Stradivarius. Well, he's getting on a bit as well. He's, he's not the horse he was two seasons ago. I think Kiprios is the one to be on here. Yeah, I think I think he's the one to beat. He's the upcoming, he's the improver. Still uh, very unexposed at this kind of uh, trip. So Oh, it's quite clear why his favourite Stradivarius if he maybe gets a clearer passage he could play a hand and Trushan as well is interesting um, it's been said in the past that he uh, he likes slow ground and that's why we've not seen him on quite a few occasions but he has run on good ground earlier in his career so it'd be interesting to see if he lines up and I think he is definitely the fly in the ointment but maybe hold off until we know what he, what, what they're going to do with him uh, Katie I'll come to you here first you're saying off fair that you thought Trushan had quite a good chance here I think Chushan is the biggest danger, but I'm all for Stradivarius here with my head on my heart. I think he would have been the Ascot Gold Cup 
um, from my point of view. He gave away so many lengths because he had so much traffic to get through. And I think if he was running off level par with Kiprios in those final furlongs, I think he would have got there. Kiprios is up and coming and is improving. So, I mean, if Kiprios does go and beat Shadavarius off a level pegging, then, you know, it's all credit to him. I think despite him being an eight-year-old now, I think he still retains so much ability. And just in the finish, I think he's got such an electric turn of foot that, you know, he if he's given a clear passage, he will get there. Um, so I have plenty of belief in him still, and I'm hoping that he can do it. Okay, so Stradivarius it is for Katie thinks that he can win his fifth Goodwood Gold Cup. Okay, so that's day one covered. We're now going to move on to the second day at Glorious Goodwood, where the first race we're going to look at is the 225. It's the Whispering Angel Oak Tree Stakes. It's a Group 3 contest. Plenty in here. You can make a case for Soft Whisper as your favourite 9-2, along with Heredia. Um, Bounce the Blues is next in at 8. Primo Baccio at 8. International Girl at 9s. And uh, Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Uh, looks quite a trappy affair on paper. Plenty in here with, with a chance, but who did you like? It is a tough one. I couldn't make a strong case for any of the favourites, really. I was looking to oppose them. And I'm really keen on benefits chances. She ran on well at Haydock behind Sunset Beauty and Lotus early in the season, over six furlong. And they both look like they're really special fillies. She made up a lot of ground from the rear of the field there, and I think she could benefit from the extra furlong here. She has been tried over seven before um, on debut this season, but she was extremely keen. And I don't think she was quite pushed um, too much in the closing stages. At York last time out, she raced alone and quite wide, but she still ran on towards the finish. So I think it's well worth taking another chance uh, at the trip with her. Ryan Moore takes the ride. But I'd also give a shout to Improvised, who appears a bit overpriced on form over seven. She's placed in two listed races over the trip, and she only has a length to find with Bounce the Blues, who is much shorter in the market. Okay, so there's Katie's thoughts on the oak tree stakes. And how about you, Mark? It looks pretty trappy here, but did you have a, a strong one at a bigger price? I think a little, a little, a little noy place lay can maybe slip that in here as um, Primo Bashio. I mean, we've laid this horse so many times. Um, I don't think this is the horse of old. She should be competitive. She should be competitive here, but I just think she, I just don't think she's the the horse that she used to be. And I'd be looking at place lay her on the three and four place market. She's too short. I probably have her have her in around twenty five. She's around nine to two, eight to one places. Like she's too short. I thought actually she she could just maybe get. The spark of life coming back to seven furlongs. I just thought a strong traveller, a fast run race over this trip it might just suit her. Maybe I don't. I don't think necessarily the small field suited, but um, Primo Baccio. I, I don't. Know, I just think the seven furlongs uh, could could maybe see in a better light. I think the mile she just just stretches her, um, and I just don't think she was suited by the, by the way the race unfolded in the Falmouth, and this is definitely a, a come down in grade for her. So yeah, it's a massive step down in grade. I just think she she doesn't she just doesn't turn up for me. I think even in this grade, I think she'll get found out. Could it could be she she does come with with a lot of warnings, but I just thought away from uh, the, the the top couple in the market, I just thought 
she could be that she's got the the back class to to maybe make a presence felt in this level. And I thought it was her easiest task for some time. But she's she's kind of a boom or bust kind of selection. You you'll know quite early if uh, you're on to a winner with her. But yeah, a very trappy race there, and uh, yeah, one you could cover from all kinds of angles. Okay, the next race we're going to look at is the three o'clock at Goodwood on on Wednesday. It's the Markle Malcolm Stakes, a Group Three contest, and Rocket Rodney is the favourite five to four. We then got Wallbank at three to one, Eddie's Boy at eleven to two, Studio City at thirteen to two, and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Mark. Rocket Rodney um, has been a very progressive uh, sprinter so far in his career. Plenty of good form next to his name. Do we think it's just a penalty kick for him? I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I quite like the bomb one, Richard Hannon's Trillium. Actually, he played in the race last time. This one won. Um, Booker Maiden tag. I actually laid this one because I had a good word for the second in. And I know this one's about 100, 105 plus, And um, one very, very easy. I think Trilliums want to be on here. I mean, if you can get the, the eight runners to place, I think Trilliums a solid bet. Okay, so Trillium for Richard Hennon, uh for Mark. And how about you, Katie? Rocket Rodney, I think he's uh, the most likely winner of this race. I quite like the form from Sandown last time out where he beat Eddie's boy. Are you in agreement with me that he's a banker here? Yeah, he's quite short in the market, but I think he's a worthy favourite in this contest, and I think he's going to take all the beating. He's a course and distance winner, and as you say, his form has worked out really well. Finished second in the Windsor Castle Stakes, just held by a little big bear, who has gone on to win a group three over in Ireland. And I think he's got the beating of Eddie's boy. Um, he beat him well enough there and at Sandown too, so I don't see the form being reversed between those two. I don't think Wallbank would have won the Norfolk either. I think there were a couple behind him that may have finished ahead if, if they hadn't have been hampered. So I don't see him finishing ahead of Rocket Rodney. And I think he's quite a solid bet in this, yeah. Okay, so two votes for Rocket Rodney. And Mark's quite keen on Trillian for Richard Hannon. So that's the Malcolm covered. The last race we're going to look at is the Qatar Sussex Stakes. It's a Group 1 contest and we're going to see... Uh, Baid here hopefully go for nine out of nine. Um, I won't keep us too long on this race. Uh, Katie, Baid, uh, surely he wins, but it's just maybe by how many? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, it's a shame that Grievous misses out. It does make it a slightly poorer contest, but I don't see any horse beating Baid at all. I'd probably take a chance on Order of Australia maybe each way. I think it was about 16s earlier on when I had a look. Uh, he probably needed a run in the Queen Anne stakes, so I'd expect him to be in better order here following his win at the Curra. But I don't think he'll get nearby either. I just expect him to extend his unbeaten run here. Okay, so one vote firmly for Bide and Mark. Bide just keeps on winning? Surely not. Can you imagine an alcohol-free one here, Chris? Can you imagine that? You'd love that, wouldn't you? I think alcohol-free is probably a place lay. Surely, I think she'll get found out here as well. It's probably the bet. It's a place lay alcohol-free. Yeah, I'm just not sure if she'll stay. I think um, I think she's probably better over those sprinting trips. Maybe uh, there's a few others in here that have got stronger stamina over the trip. And yeah, I think uh, I can see why she's probably the second favourite of that of that July Cup win. But yeah, there are others in here. I thought the Japanese horse was interesting, just given that one I mentioned. You know, um, one uh, out uh, in Dubai last time it was seen might need the run, but had some good form in, in Japan. You know. We've seen the Japanese with Deirdre a couple of years ago come and uh, take the spoils in the Nassau. Uh, that was the complete outside of the field. Just thought 40 to 1, maybe a bit disrespectful there. And I agree. Like, I, I mean, I, what's the alcohol free? She's probably going to be around 6 to 4, maybe 7 or 4 to finish in the 3 here. 
or even the two, maybe a silly price. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I just think that the Japanese horse, who knows? But you, you're getting forty to one. It's pretty versatile on all kinds of ground, and yeah, I, I just thought uh, it was an interesting runner here, and, and maybe worth a, a saver or something if you can get maybe three or four places uh, with lesser win odds. So yeah, he, he's the way I was thinking. But yeah, we all think Bayi's going to win. Uh, Mark is quite keen on the chances of uh, alcohol free not finishing in the frame. And Katie's quite keen on the chances of Order Australia to maybe put up a good show. So there are our thoughts then on the Sussex Stakes. Before we sign off, we'll just see if any of them fancy um, anything else on uh, the, the card in the first two days of Goodwood. I'll come to you first, Katie. Is there anything else you'd like to, uh, for the first couple of days of Goodwood? I quite like Soto Sister in the opener tomorrow. Despite carrying top weight off the mark of 106, I think he'll be more suited to this contest back in handicap company, um, off the back of an average run in a listed race. At Epsom in April, he beat um, Aquilar, giving weight away, and he's since gone on and win, won a listed race too. And he was given a £6 rise in the weights for that, but he did impress on the next outing. Uh, I think on that form, he should fare well once again with William Buick in the saddle. Okay, so Sota Sizzler is in the opening race of Goodwood tomorrow for Katie. Mark, is there anything else? I'll call you I for the listeners. It's quite sweet on Trillium. Trillium is much better than 105. So one definitely wants to be on. I think 12s is massive. Won't right. be 12s in a couple of days' time. Okay, so Mark's best bet uh, for the first couple of days of Goodwood is Trillium. I'll just give one uh, a positive mention on the Wednesday uh, in the Phillies handicap, the 410. I thought Rousse here was quite a big price for the Hannans. Interesting that they've booked Holly Doyle, who started um her career riding out a lot for the Hannans. she doesn't uh, ride uh much these days but i just saw over this trip she had a, a bit more to come these colors have done well with billiston brook in the past she's off a mark of 83 she gets a three-year-old allowance um against these fillies i think she could outrun her odds and the Hannans do love a winner at goodwood so i just thought she was a little bit of a price through say in the 410 at goodwood on wednesday so there are the uh, thoughts then for day one and day two at goodwood thanks again to mark and katie for giving up their time Hopefully we found you some winners. Remember, you can follow us on the socials where we're on Twitter and Instagram at In the Saddle Global. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.